This is CliffCentral.com. This show contains adult content. If you find it offensive, please go to the CliffCentral.com website where there's a show for you. This is cliffcentral.com. It is Friday morning. This is Sex Talk with John T. Searle and Tamar. This is Unradio. This is Unscripted. And this is all the way uncensored from Kenya with my friend Gertrude Mungai. Good morning, Gertrude. Good morning, John T. It's so cool to talk to you. Yes, after so many years. Yes. I'm glad I found you again. Good. So we met at Sexpo a few years ago. And then we were yes. going to do all sorts of things in Kenya together, and we didn't. And I'd love to come there and teach Gertrude, so I'm still <laughs> waiting uh, for that one. Give it like a couple of months. Like are we are people, going through some are political pe- stuff. Oh, yeah, okay. that's always something. Yeah. How people, do you think people are ready for Janti? Uh, they should be ready. Um, not everyone, a specific crowd of people. That's That's usually how it goes. Okay. Now, you're a sexologist practicing in Kenya. Yes. Okay. What do you do there as a sexologist? Okay. Um, I, I, my title is Lifestyle Designer on Sex and Relationships. That's a pretty cool title, Lifestyle Designer. I like that. Okay. So what does that mean exactly? Because I believe I do something unique. Yeah. Okay. I take care of your intimate uh, needs. Mm-hmm. Uh, I give advice on sex and relationships. Okay. I prepare brides for marriage. I talk to old couples in case they want to spice it up. I mm. even talk to younger girls, mm-hmm. a different version, not to teach them how to spice it up, but more to answer all their sexual questions, which their mothers, teachers, and pastors are not able to. Yeah. Mm. Okay. What is the state of sex education in Kenya? Um, are people getting sex education in school? Unfortunately, no. The parents are not open to having that kind of, um, those kind of lessons in school. Okay. And they don't teach them themselves in the houses and neither do they want the pastors in churches to do it. Yeah. So we actually kind of having a crisis because there's a gap. All these kids are growing up discovering things because internet is big here. Mm. Every other kid has a smartphone. So they have access to the internet. Yet, uh, nobody seems to want to tackle those kind of issues. Okay. So there's a gap, a big gap. Yeah. And I'm sure the results of that must be quite hectic in society. Things like STIs, um, teenage pregnancies, things like that. Is that prevalent or not? It is prevalent. In fact, um, I was just reading an article the other day where our chief justice says in prison, we have very many young offenders between 20 and 22 years old. And they are there for most cases, defiling children or rape raping women, even as old as their grandmothers. You can wow. imagine, 20 to 22. Wow, so... so They're barely starting their... Wow. So there's almost no sex education in the society. 
not much, not structured. Uh, there are no intentions, you know. Like uh, you get some scanty sex information here and there. Mm-hmm. I've been on TV and radio for a couple of years. Yeah. But there's so many people who feel like I shouldn't be on TV or radio because of what I do. Okay. And is this because they want to keep everything very conservative and, and shut down? Uh, yes. Wow. Even uh, Gertrude, even um, mother to daughter, you know, there's a, many different African countries that there's an amazing and very rich knowledge that actually is passed from, you know, some wise women that are actually passing on knowledge to each other and to youngsters when it's time, you know, when the, when the girl is getting her period or when before she gets married, there's actually almost sex schools. Is something like that doesn't exist in Kenya? Okay, it does exist. Like the community where I come from, I would say actually the tribe or the area where I come from, it's the norm. Okay. Before I got, when you get your first period, they start easy, you know, teaching you like how to put on a pad, you know, indirectly. So in my community, I went through that. And even just before I got married, um, my people, are, ladies are required to go underground so they can polish up on their skills, mm-hmm. bedroom skills, cooking skills. They literally teach you um, how to be a perfect homemaker. Okay. Mm. And they concentrate on sex. My community, which is the Mijikenda community, which is in the coastal part of the country, but most other communities, they used to do it a long time ago ago but they've lost that okay. and that, that's why it's because I, I i came from the coast when i came to the city nairobi i didn't realize how much people didn't have information and that's why i started doing what i'm doing mm-hmm. hmm. so there's a big gap between the the rural and urban areas not really rural and urban it's coastal and up country okay okay that's how we call it in Kenya. okay yes. wow so when you so say i've started the problem yeah sorry I've started a program where I call it Mentor Mentee. Every woman needs an older woman mm. because so many marriages are breaking right now because the young ladies who are getting married, most of them have no idea what they're getting themselves into. They make a lot of mistakes. You find people dating for six years, getting married and divorcing in three years. Yeah. So something is going wrong somewhere. Mm. I'm trying to fill in the gap. Uh, there are few people, although people, churches are also opening up. You find so many pastors' wives who have taken up the opportunity uh, to teach. So we have premarital counseling in churches, and some churches will give premarital counseling without talking much about sex, just uh, brushing through the sex bit. Hmm. Yeah. Okay. So yes. when you say that, that, that women are, are and, and that you are preparing them and they're getting this program to be perfect wives. What is the sexual and, and relationship component of that? What are they learning about sex in that? Okay, in my sessions, when I do bridal shower, mm. I I go deep in sex. We even have demonstrations. You know, we talk about hygiene, especially vaginal care. Mm-hmm. We talk about so many things. We talk about finances. But you see, that's only two, three hours. It's not enough. So some of the brides look for me later on. And yeah. I also have events, like the one I was supposed to invite you to come and talk to the people. But there's some people who never come for that mm. because they think sex is evil. And these are married people. Yeah. They think, you know, we'll figure it out. They don't realize it's all about tricks and techniques and you have to learn some of those tricks and techniques. Mm. So in my bridal showers, I go all the way. I even have this thing I teach ladies on how to be a one-stop shop to their husbands. They have to be a wife, a lover, and for a lack of a better whore, uh, for a lack of a better one, a nice little whore. You mm. have to be a one-stop shop. 
if you want to enjoy. Before, sex was supposed to be for the men. Mm. Things have changed now. Mm. Women want to enjoy their multiple orgasms. Mm. Yeah. So Me is being there, one of them. Is there, a big, <laughs> is there a big difference between the way that men and women see sex? Yes. Um, there's a very big difference depending on which community you come from. Yeah. Uh, some see it as, as an obligation, you know, what you're supposed to have just before you go to bed for your husband. Others are taking matters into their own hands. But because of the exposure when it comes to internet and stuff, we are a little bit hit, but not as bad as South Africa, with toys. Mm -hmm. So um, most of my sessions have women who are addicted to toys, they try to get out of it, the husband can't satisfy them anymore because they have overexposed themselves the husband has busted the wife in the bathroom after they've had sex and she's using something on energizer battery, so there's that whole big mess, okay. we are not as open and advanced, an expo like the sex expo, the one we met yes. will never ever take this okay. in Kenya are, are sex toys legal in Kenya? there's no really much rule uh, or law, uh, so uh, uh, there's nothing which has been written about the, okay, you know, the sex toys, but mm. you will not find them being displayed on shelves, wherever it is. But I know there's so many people selling them here. Mm. Are you being, um, are you are you being compromised, or is your safety what people do or say about you, thanks to what you do? Do you feel do you feel like an outsider? Do you feel welcome? How how does it to be a designer for sex and relationships in Kenya? Okay, at the beginning it was really rough. I remember when they first wrote my article on the national newspaper. Hmm. I was kindly asked to vacate my office premises. I lost my office. I was nicely in a Christian way kicked out of a church. <gasps> There were some people who not let their kids play with mine. Wow. So it was a bit rough at the beginning because I think many people knew what I was doing until I went on TV. So the TV kind of demystified who I am and what I stand for. Okay. And now more and more people know I'm a sex therapist, but I'm also a Christian. So my biggest clients right now are churches. In fact, next Saturday, the um, 15th, 14th, 15th, and 17th, I'll be having a big convention somewhere in Narok. This is rural Maasai land yeah. where I'm sharing platform with about four pastors. I'm the only sex therapist. So things have changed. I've not had any bad incidents other than one or few people who have their own issues. So I would say right now the reception is a bit better, not like from the beginning. So and uh, every other person if you come to Nairobi, every other person in Nairobi knows who I am, what I do. Okay. In China, uh, most people know who I am. If they don't recognize the face, they'll recognize the voice because I also do radio. Mm. I think that's fantastic that, that the churches are recognizing this. I remember a little while ago um, being approached by a Christian community and, and uh, a lot of their marriages in their mm -hmm. community were in trouble. And the pastor actually came to understand that he mm -hmm. didn't really know enough to be able to help them. Um, so they approached me and they bought the whole range of DVDs mm -hmm. that we have and things. And it made such a difference to their relationships. Um, but unfortunately in South Africa, that's the rarity rather than the norm. Um, and I think for a lot of the mm -hmm. Christian churches, the judgment from, from the churches is still enormous. On, on sexuality. 
and people enjoying their sexuality? Been to one of the yeah, one of the churches in South Africa. Uh, I've been there a couple of times to give to people sex and relationships. Yeah, and guests uh, are just private events. Mm-hmm. So, um, but you guys are a little bit more open-minded yeah. than we are here, and I think we we are lying to us. If you think marriage is going to survive with substandard sex, mm. I don't think it is. In fact, on my TV shows, I don't I don't call sex sex. How do you call it? Is it a, a, a union, a sacred mm-hmm. union? Uh, so I've come up with code names, which is uh, um, better to the ear. So I call vagina Miss Victoria's. I call the penis Mr. Victor. And then where I come from, it's supposed to be a holiday spot. If you want to relax and have a good time, you go to Mombasa. So I call sex Mombasa Raha. Okay. Raha means happiness, you know. So that's what I call sex. And people meet me in the streets and they'll say, oh, that's Mama Mombasa Raha. It means that's a lady Mm. who teaches about Mombasa Raha without feeling embarrassed. Ashamed. Yeah. I have older men as old uh, as old as my father coming to my office with the sexual problem, but there could be a, a child seated nearby and they, they will have no idea what we're discussing. Because mm. we talk about Mombasaraha, we talk about my Mr. Victor, okay, erection, you know, uh, I gave it a name, you know, like Kuchemsha um, Muhogo, that's a Swahili word, which means uh, a hard cassava. <laughs> <laughs> so, That has actually helped. So many people are coming to me. I have private sessions. I mediate between husband and wives. And because of that, I have been accepted. Even corporates are calling me now for the end of year party or for their retreats. So I had to change. And that's why I gave myself the name Lifestyle Designer on Sex and Relationships. Mm. I didn't really have to call myself a sex therapist or a sexologist, mm. although media branded me sexologist. Yeah, sure. yeah the so media does a lot I of interesting w- things like that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I found a way of making it work with whatever it is is happening in my country. Mm. Very, very interesting. Yeah. yeah, I have two responses to that. The first one is I totally get it. And if it's going to make people feel easier and allow them to talk about things, then absolutely. And the other part of me says, mm-hmm. you know, we need to be really honest and open about this. Um, and I think yeah. I'd go to the place of rather being able to have the conversations in whatever way we can than not have them at all. So that definitely. Yes. Um, we, we are getting. In Kenya, we are getting there, but mm. um, if I want to still exist, um, that's the way yeah. it has to be done for now. But if mm. I look back, I've been doing this for 12 years now. If I look back at the beginning and where we are at right now, things have changed. Mm. Even to have churches calling me, things have really, really changed. And I believe uh, we are still going to evolve. And um, soon we will have this kind of discussions where a mother is not embarrassed to talk to the daughter, where um, a father is not embarrassed to talk to the son. So a few churches have a few programs doing that. And uh, a few other therapists do the same, same thing. But as far as I'm concerned, it's not enough. Mm. A lot needs to be done, yeah. especially when it comes to marriage. Because I, I call, I, I'm a bra, an ambassador for marriage and not just any marriage. Mm. I always tell people marriages are not supposed to be endured. They're supposed to be enjoyed. But mm. you don't yeah. enjoy marriage. Mm-hmm. And many times 
And that's where we are at. And Gertrude, can, where can people actually study sex therapy or couple therapy or anything like that in the, in the country? Come again. I was just asking regarding education. Let's say more people want to be like you. They want to educate young people. They want to go and study it. Is there a mm-hmm. place in Kenya that actually allows to study couple therapy, sex therapy? I don't think we, we, it's not openly mm. practiced. And, um, like even when it comes to the, my TV show, you can't have the TV before 10 o'clock because they believe, uh, children, um, are supposed to be protected from the harmful materials on TV mm. and radio, you know. So, uh, you can only broadcast uh, my kind of a show after 10 o'clock. Wow. Yeah. So, uh, I know for a fact sex education is not being done in schools. I know for a fact, like in my church, they have this thing of which is called rite of passage. And kids, when they're transiting from primary school to high school, they go for certain, but a few, it's just like under 1% in the country of the children go through that program. Hmm. So, yeah, a lot needs to be done, but at the moment... Um, Nothing. It's not enough. Yeah, you've spoken about the um, that you're working a lot with with young girls and and young women. What's happening with the young men there and the boys? Are they getting the same kind of education? Does something exist for that? There's there's a friend of mine who is a pastor. He has a program which is called um, uh, boys. He has boys to men, and he has another program. For older men who are already married, he called them man enough. It's mm-hmm. a very intensive program, one of the best programs I've ever seen. Mm. So he's trying to do that. Personally, I don't think I can teach a man how to be a man because I'm a woman. Yeah. Uh, so only a man can teach a man how to be a man. <laughs> but it doesn't mean that I don't do sessions for men. I do. I even do stag parties. Okay. You know, where I ban alcohol. And stuff. You can imagine me, uh, with a group of men talking about sex and demonstrating, and they are on booze. I can be disastrous. So, uh, well vented groups, I talk to the men. Yeah. But this guy, I'm telling you, his, his name is uh, Pastor Mbevi. Pastor Mbevi has those programs, and I think he's doing a very good job. We've shared that platform a number of times. Other than him, I don't know any other person. So, he's done this program, which ha- is being replicated in many churches. So every church runs the program independently. In fact, my husband is one of the facilitators in my church. Cool. Hmm. Yeah, listen, I've walked out of events where people have asked me to come and talk, um, especially private events, and there's been a lot of alcohol. And it just gets so raucous sometimes that I've actually said, hey, thank you very much. If you're not going to listen, I'm leaving, and I've left. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, There's nothing you can teach if people are high So even in some bridal showers Sometimes the bride gets so wasted So I've made it a rule To tell bridal shower organizers Not to have alcohol Until when I'm gone So I go there, do my thing, then I leave Mm. Then they can continue partying So yeah, yeah, I the same thing Yeah, that's pretty good Wow, so that's really fascinating. Um, so with all this access to to internet, does that mean that a lot of, of, of the sex education is coming from sources like porn? Unfortunately, we have full-grown men who are addicted to porn. Mm. They will never perform with their wives because yeah. of porn. We have women who are also addicted to porn. Worst is we have kids who are actually have a lot of access to porn. Mm. So, yes, that's a big, big problem. 
Yeah. And I remember that we spoke about this once before. And does it still exist, mm-hmm. the fact that a man will go and have all sorts of sexual experiences with another woman, with a girlfriend or with a prostitute, rather than doing that with their wives? Yes, uh, we still have that. A few men believe that's how it is. And that's why I have this program where I teach women, like I said earlier on, how to be a one-stop shop. Mm. You're his wife because you are his wife. And then his lover. So you can continue the dating stuff, what you used to do before you got married. And then his whore, you take it to a different level. Mm. You know, personally, I have a stripper pole in my house. You know, they, you call them the tantric chairs. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I call it Kamasutra chair. Yeah. Yeah. So that is just the extra naughtiness into our bedroom as mm. wives. I'm on a mission to make sure the wife enjoys and the husband doesn't feel the need to get a prostitute because there's some things they do the wife can't. Mm. Actually, I've been doing that for years. It's one of the things I did from the beginning uh, over 12 years ago. And so far, so good. But you have women who said, why would I want to be a whore to him? Mm. They believe there's some things she can do with the husband and other things she can't do because she thinks she's either decent and the worst I've heard is I'm a Christian, I can't do that. And I keep asking people, show me the Christian version of sex yep. or mm. the sex version of Christian. So we have a few people who are not open enough to do that. Yet we have men whose wife is doing everything she can and she still goes out. Mm. So I think for some people it's their school of thought. They believe one woman cannot satisfy a man. They yeah. need two, three, or four out there. So yeah. Listen, that challenge is real. That's about the people full stop because that's around the world. Um, mm-hmm. And people go and, and have affairs and cheat and do whatever it is that they do. And that's often not about their marriage. That's about them. That's about an, an issue with mm-hmm. inside themselves that they haven't dealt with yet rather than it yes. being about – in their marriage, because that's, I think that's endemic around mm-hmm. the world today. There's no question of that. What are divorce rates in, in Kenya like? Are they really high? Sorry? Divorce rates there, are they really high? Uh, not compared to South Africa. We okay. have divorces, and uh, of late, uh, we have divorces among older uh, couples, you mm. know. And uh, my research tells me. There's been problem for years. The lady decided to stick around mm. until the kids leave the home. Then she leaves. So I've discovered women leave, then leave. They leave emotionally and then they leave physically later on. So emotionally they, they left all, a long time before. Yes. Uh, you, you have um, after the last born of the family has been married off or he's gotten married. A couple of years later, you see the wife filing for a divorce or leaving the man. Hmm. And uh, the man is shocked, as in, whoa, what's going on? I thought we had a good marriage. And she says, no, you had a good marriage. I was just timing, and now it's time for me to go. Hmm. So there's all that. And that is what I'm trying to change. Because you also have this thing of their problems in the home. You sweep the problem under the carpet. You don't address them. I'm trying to get men and women who are in a marriage to open up and talk about their problem. There, there's also this thing of tiptoeing around the problem without actually, because some community teach women to keep quiet. Mm. You know, it's not feminine or not ladylike to keep quarreling or to keep telling, pointing out his fault. And that is what is killing our marriages. Mm. So for me, I've taken it upon myself to make sure both men and women are enjoying the marriage mm. and everybody gets 
what they're supposed to get in the marriage. Because in our Kenyan society, if not African society, the wife is the one who's supposed to handle or carry. In fact, they even say the wife is the one who is uh, who holds the marriage together. I mean, she's only one person and this marriage to two people. So I believe both have to pull their weight. Mm. So those are some of the things uh, we are trying to fight here. Is there still an expectation of a very traditional role of women? Yes, absolutely. That, that they're more subservient, absolutely. that they're there to serve. Mm-hmm. Is is that still happening? And, uh, and now it's bringing a conflict because uh, the young ladies now are really exposed. Some of them went to school abroad and then they come back with their degrees. And now here you are, you're telling her to be a doormat, to just mm. be a homemaker. So there's a very, very big conflict. Mm. So, um, in fact, I'm working on my show right now, another TV show, because all these other shows, it was owned by the K24 TV stations I was working for. But now I'm doing my own shows, and I call them Back to Basics, the modern African way, because things have changed. We have evolved. Mm. Not everything about Africa is bad, okay? But there are some things we need to get rid of, like the female, um, the whatever, female circumcision, you know, the things like the diary, uh, things like wife inheritance. Those are things we need to uh, to stop. But then there's so many other beautiful things Africans have to offer. So there's that conflict where you're exposed, you're brought up in the city, and then you get married. Your husband is supposed, is expecting you to act as a village girl. So mm. there's a very big conflict. And that's okay. why we also have very many young marriages breaking. Mm. So is there a really big difference between the rural and, and urban areas in, in, in this yes. expectation? Yes, they are. Even just within Kenya, you know, and we're not as big as South Africa, there's a big difference from the girls who are brought up in the rural area and the ones who grew up in the city. And you see, Kenya, we have, uh, supposed to have three cities, but the biggest, the capital city is Nairobi. Then we have Mombasa, where I come from. It was also made a city. And then we have Kisumu, which is a city. But the lifestyles is very, very different. In the rural area, we still have uh, young ladies who believe if your husband doesn't beat you up, he doesn't love you enough. So you can imagine wow. how... Have to convince this lady that um, if your husband beats you up, you need to take him to jail. So we have a lot of couples, a man killing wife, wife killing. Mm. Okay, it's a lot of man killing wife, and then wife chopping off the private parts of a man. Those are times we had a huge crisis. Wow. You know, because of all this. That's really mm. hectic. Wow. I'm guessing when you it get is. to also it situations of extreme frustration. Yeah. You sleep with your genital intact, you wake up, you have none. <laughs> yeah, well, you wake up before you realize. You wake yeah. up because you realize. Yeah. But and yeah. I just want to ask something about what you've said there. Um, when a man does really um, assault his wife, um, even to the point of, of killing her, um, mm-hmm. is that what are the legal implications of that? I mean, are men charged with that? Is it accepted? Is it allowed on some level? Absolutely. It's not accepted. We have so many people who are incarcerated because of that. Yeah. It's, and it goes both ways, both man or woman. Mm. You know, it's not accepted. We have a lot of wife battery. We have that. And uh, it's uh, it's an offense. So we have so many people who are charged for that. Mm-hmm. But And then there's so many organizations who have come up and they're trying to sensitize you know, and uh, we even have uh, in some rural areas, we have uh, fathers marrying off their younger daughters to older men, you know. So before they're even of age, you can even have a 15-year-old, 16-year, 
are being married off to a 60, 50, 70 year old because the family needs money. Even that now is an offense. You're legally an adult in Kenya when you're 18. So from a legal point of view and a constitutional point of view, they're really trying to to make it much safer for women. Yes. And, um, uh, Kenya is doing a very good job when it comes mm. to that. Okay. You know, even and, and they're uh, following they through on it, regardless that it's just in the constitution. They're actually following through on it. They are. Mm. They are doing a very good job. Mm. Okay, that's fantastic because it's not so much the case here sometimes, unfortunately. Oh. Yes. Yeah, I, I noticed that women are really empowered in South mm. Africa. In fact, if you ask me, I think more women are beating the men up. <laughs> but we are getting there. <laughs> no, you know, Jonti was actually just was actually just mentioning that here there is unbelievable empowerment, but there's also when it comes to you know to really prosecute men that actually, um, you know, they are they are facing charges mm. uh, of woman abuse or uh, you know killing their wives or lovers. Um, there's mm. not much that is being followed mm. through. So that's actually the next step. Oh. Is to look how you. Oh. It's not enough to say, yeah, it's in the law. You have to endorse it. Mm-hmm. You have to really, you have to fight for it. It has to be something that you actually have to almost have a correctional. So it's mm-hmm. it's like a correctional discrimination. Like you have to discriminate maybe the wives that are chopping the Mr. Victor, and uh, mm-hmm. maybe endorsing, <laughs> you know, giving a little bit more hard time to the men because the numbers are 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 crazy. The numbers are not mm-hmm. even. There are much more men abusing here, women and children here, than men. If you beat your wife and she reports, you will go in. You know, if you harm, she just needs to have proof. Uh, so the, the hardest thing here to prove, because we also have uh, rape in marriages. Mm. I didn't think it existed until I met a lady who had been sodomized by her own husband. Yeah. Sure so exists. that is the hardest case to prove. Mm. You know, rape in marriage. Mm. But the rest, they are clear cut. You just need to show up at the police station. They will process your case and the guy will definitely go in. Mm. What do you think it's, it is inside men that causes them to do that, to behave like that, with that kind of violence towards women, that level of abuse? What do you think it is, Gertrude? Uh, sometimes it's a vicious circle. They saw the grandfather beat the grandmother. The father beat the mom. So it's only... So Normal a, for him to beat his wife. So it's a learned pattern. And then the son is so pissed up. Yeah. yeah. And sometimes they're just frustrated because uh, life is kind of hard in Kenya right now. Businesses are going down. People are being laid off. So frustrations. He's not able uh, to take care of his family. So he takes it out on her. Mm. So there are different reasons. And some just are wife beaters. Mm. You know, they don't need a very, very good reason. Some believe, uh, we have communities in Kenya where they believe the wife is like your child, you know, or to some, like part of the furniture. It's like you a do, possession. She's a possession. Yes. Yeah. How much you do does, whatever you want. How much does alcohol play a part in this, Gertrude? That too. We have one of the uh, counties, because we used to call them provinces, mm. but now they're called counties. We have one of the counties where you rarely see a child. Every man drinks themselves to impotency. Wow. So uh, apparently there's only one guy 
went around servicing all the women. <laughs> so even though I hope his DNA is good. Saying, if you see any woman carrying a child, it's my husband who fathered the child. Oh. Yeah. So we, it was a crisis. It was a very, very big crisis. But the whole of that county, most of that county, uh, they, they have, the men are affected with alcohol. And we, so yeah. there's a campaign which is why, and this is local brews, eh? Mm. Yeah. This is not the high tech. Yeah, the local brews, mm. yeah. uh, which are more lethal. Yeah. Yeah, we are very good at making our own local concussions here. <laughs> you know, you we, drink and uh, your Mr. will never say attention. <laughs> yeah, we did a show. So wh- no- we did a show a while ago at a with an informal settlement where somebody had created a free app for women to report incidents of abuse and violence. And when these people went into the community and researched it, mm-hmm. alcohol was involved in nine about, out of ten. In yeah, nine out of ten of these cases um, was alcohol exacerbated it, made it worse. Mm. Yeah, that's the stats. The stats are horrific when it comes to abuse, violence, and and of course sexual abuse as well. Mm. But in a in a more positive note, Gertrude, um, what are you? What is your new TV series is going to be like? What are you dealing with? What is interesting? Mm. Tell us about it. Okay, my, my TV uh, series is going to be about uh, spicing up mostly. I'll be tackling the hard, tough questions like uh, the violence in um, homes. But I, I choose to bring fun back into the homes, mm-hmm. you know, because uh, we, we have this thing called Vision 2030 where Kenya is going to be in, the, in 2030. Mm-hmm. And uh, none of that has anything to do with family. And we are having a lot of problems even in our with our politicians and i think the problem begins at home how they're brought up you know and now they're making the worst or lousy politicians mm. and um, they're not keeping their promises so for me it's more to bring the to reunite the family to have children grow up in a healthy uh homes you know to have parents being the first teachers in the home as we speak my husband and i are homeschooling our kids because we didn't like what was going on in pave public and private schools so we have decided to purpose to be parents and to teach our kids mm. we are the first teachers you know so i want to bring that unity you know like i say i call it back to basics the africa the modern african way to bring back the goodness mm. yeah so it's to really to bring, to bring the i learned a lot from my grandmother yeah and really it does start at so, home you know and also to have um um Yes. And it really does start so at home. So those are some of the things. Um, and uh, because it's, it does start at home. Yeah. With, and with, uh, like there's this thing in Kenya also, people too negative about marriages. So yeah. we have younger and younger, younger women opting not to get married instead instead to accessorize the children. So we have so many uh, adoptions going around or somebody says, I'm 30, no husband in the horizon, so I'm just going to get married myself you know design a baby yeah. uh, have make a deal with a man with good genes and i will have a child mm. you know and uh, i i think that's not right so you know it's, women feel liberated they can do that but as far as i'm concerned because when it comes to those things i'm very conservative as far as i'm concerned a child needs a lot more than you paying their bills mm. they need that family unit and i'm not looking down upon a uh, single mothers i know there are few they're doing a very very good job and even single fathers but i believe if the child had an option they would want to have a mom and a dad mm. yeah yeah absolutely Wow, it's a really fascinating country. Um, 
the dynamics. Um, and, you will love it. And you know, How some parallels you? between here and there and, and others that are obviously totally unique, the issues. Yes. Gertrude, do you also do some um, Skype counseling, people from outside mm. Kenya? Do you contact, do you do an online course? Because I'm sure so many people would like to learn from you and, mm. um, and to be exposed to your content. How is it going to, how is it going to unfold? I'm working with somebody right now to try and package my information so I can have an online course. Uh, but in the meantime, I actually travel like I, I've been to SA a lot. Mm. Uh, sorry, John T. Every time I come there, I don't look for you. <laughs> now you're That's very nice. Thank you Africa very much for... indeed. That's so appreciated. <laughs> yeah. She's too busy. Okay. So you are never too busy come, for your friends. <laughs> so, yeah, I, I travel the country. I'm always called for events. Mm. and um, But the online course, I'm, I'm work, I think it's about time. I'm working on it right now. Mm. That would be At cool. the end of this, I'm going to tell you something about a new online course that I have developed. Oh, that's it's maybe cool. maybe so Gertrude can, can learn. Mm. Yeah, absolutely. I think that's really. And if you now women are listening to you, women in Kenya, because you know the cool thing about Cliff Central, you can listen from anywhere in the world. So people are listening to you now in Australia, London, wherever it is. And um, if other women are listening now, what are we going to, like in, in, in African countries or in Kenya, what are the five golden nuggets that you can give to women to maybe start looking at themselves differently, looking at their genitals differently, at their sexuality? Okay, uh, because I lean more on marriage, and like I said, I'm a bit conservative when it comes to that. I know Jonty doesn't agree with me. <laughs> <laughs> we no, love really, people that are married as well. <laughs> <laughs> I think marriage is the way to go And research says married people live longer Okay, I'm mm -hmm. kind of biased when it comes to that yeah. You know, and it's supposed to be enjoyed You know, and everybody in the marriage Should pull their weight They should not leave the responsibility to the women You know, it's those days of uh, The woman is the homemaker The man is the one who goes to bring the bacon And the woman is the one who cooks it We, go, we all go out there to bring home the bacon you know, and then when it comes to parenting, it's both men and women, the mother and the father. Again, a lot of people leave that responsibility to the mother. Okay. And then the other thing is, uh, it's all about review because every time we go into marriage, we take, we go with our A game. Yeah. Like for me, that hit me like in the third, third month of my marriage. So I had to review. It's all about reviewing. If it's working, Stay on it. If it doesn't change, you know, so there's plan A, B, C, up to Z, Z being a divorce. Because again, I also don't believe in divorce unless it's life threatening. Yes. Okay. So Z being a divorce, oh. there's all these alphabets in between for you to try. Don't just give up. A lot of people are giving out, you know, for selfish reasons. Because right now, when it comes to my marriage, I have two sons, a 19 year old and a 15 year. It's not just about me. Okay, mm. so I'm going to fight for my happiness. Okay, hopefully not too hard because in my marriage, and I'm giving this a personal um, example, my husband is in this marriage to make me happy and I'm in the marriage to make him happy. So everybody has something to make them happy, mm -hmm. you know. And um, what else? Something has evaporated. Um, How do you help a woman yeah, to really I mean, identify a young concept? Like yeah. on my radio show yesterday, exactly. we were discussing about um, house husbands. It's not even biblical. Where did that come from? 
When did things change that much to a point where the husband is the one staying home? They lose their dignity, they lack respect for each other, and even the wife doesn't respect. I don't see anybody having multiple orgasm in that kind of a situation. And for me, I'm all for that. Big mm. O's. You know, how, so how much do you think sexual happiness is killing? How much do you think sexual fulfillment is linked to relationship happiness? <sighs> a lot of it. I, I can't really say a lot of it. You know, this is this is how I normally call a marriage, like a big family-sized pizza. People use pies, but I love pizzas. Yeah. And a family-sized pizza here we in like Kenya pizza has eight too. pieces. Sex, <laughs> sex is an ace, but so huge it can make or break a marriage. Mm. What happens is if sex is not working, you know, small things are magnified. They're made to be big. But if sex is working, even the huge things are reduced to something you, which you can handle. It's not everything in a marriage, but it plays a major role and makes you younger. Mm. Gertrude, where do people find you online? Uh, do you have a website? Um, I have a blog, Gertrude Mungai. I have a Facebook page, two of them fan page and a personal page. Uh, again, Gertrude Mungai. Mm. And I'm also on Instagram, also on Twitter, but not too active. Yeah, cool. I'm because I think it's place. nice to read your blog. Do you re- do you write in English? Do you write in Swahili? Which which languages do you write in? In English. In English. In English. It's only my radio show, which is in Swahili. Mm-hmm. Everything else is in English. Okay. And uh, do you find it um, maybe one day that all your content is going to be today? Translation becomes easier and easier. Would you consider maybe also translating your blog to different languages? I guess the silence says it all. Mm. Hello? <laughs> Hello, yeah, we lost you for Sorry. a second. Yeah, hi. Let's start again. Now you got a Hello? call. <laughs> well, we are more important. So, yeah. so, okay, so you say that in Swahili people can, of but course. is it, a, is it a, mm-hmm. is it a TV, uh, online internet or only, uh, in, uh, in uh, Kenya yeah, you can, can watch it? Sorry? Just to know where, if, if you can watch some of the content that you have online. Um, from the video point of view. I have a view. lot of content. I have a lot of content online. I have over 200 TV show by K24, uh, on YouTube. Um, I actually have had like a two, um, TV, uh, two media houses from Germany and from, um, uh, from the, yeah, coming to do a documentary on me. So all that information is on the net. Awesome. That is so, so nice because in the end of the day, you want to change as many mm. people's lives. You want to reach as many people as possible. Why is this so important but, to you to do this, Gertrude? Why is this work important to you? Um, my, my work is very important to me because, like I said, I stand for marriage. I, I, I didn't really come from a marriage. Uh, neither did I come from a broken home. There was really no home to be broken. I came from a family where my mom and dad were very young themselves. So they were fooling around and then boom, I happened. I called myself a boom child. So, and then they grew up, they both got married to other people. And uh, so I was, they were too young to bring me up. So uh, I was brought up by my grandmother because I think every time my mom saw me, she saw the pain inflicted by my dad. So we really didn't cope and I didn't understand why a mother can hate their own child so much around that time. Now I, I do. So I was brought up by my grandmother and um, in a very modest home. My dad has always been well off. So you can imagine growing up 
visiting my dad. He's too busy with his legit kids visiting my mom. She's too busy with his with her legit kids. So it was not an interesting life. But it wasn't so bad because my grandmother did her best and taught me everything I needed to to learn, you know. But it was not. It it wasn't as I, I, I wish I didn't have to go through that at to to some extent. So uh, I didn't realize how bad it was until when I got married and then I got my own kids and I didn't know how to love them, unfortunately. And that that's so sad. So my husband is the one who taught me how to love my kids. So mm. even up to now, the kind of relationship I have with my child, my children, I would say uh, I, it's a working process. You know, I try to be very open-minded and I also have an older woman who's working with me like she's in my life and she's in my family life. So uh, I'm not really complaining. And for people who are listening, I hope they don't feel like I had a terrible life. No, I didn't have a terrible life, but it could have been better. And that's why I'm really against ladies accessorizing with children. You know, I wish you wouldn't. I don't know what reason you have, whether you're feeling lonely, but these are people you're bringing into the world. Mm. So I grew up feeling like I'm second class, you know, I'm a by the way, you know, uh, not the way you have your kids and you live your life for them, which is still very wrong. But uh, there was somebody who was willing to sacrifice for you. I didn't feel like there was somebody I was, I felt like I was always being given the leftovers, you know. So I'm very, very passionate about the family unit. Okay, I think we are losing it. If I have anything to do with it, I'll make sure we don't lose the family unit. You know, and being a Christian, you don't just uh, let it roll. You purpose to be a parent. You purpose to teach your kids. You know, you purpose to be happy in in your marriage. And uh, you know, yeah. So. I hope I'm making sense. You are making sense yeah. and it resonates and with me at least. So yeah. I thank you and very much for the, sharing. The, the passion that you bring is, is beautiful. It's, we can feel it and it's really awesome and we really do acknowledge that. And thank you so much thank for sharing you. with us and it'll be really cool to, to share, you know, platforms with you in the future. And, um, thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much. It's so good to reconnect with you. I kept your number for what, like seven years? <laughs> that is so cool. Seven years sure. it takes in the Bible. Oh, yeah. So Gertrude, the cool thing about us, you yeah, take, you yeah. take the link of this show. We would love to have a photo of mm. you. Send us by email and then you take the link and you can spread the word around and you can just use this as, um, as another tool to just spread so much joy in people's lives. Thank you. Thank you so much. I'll definitely do that. And you're absolutely a charm. Please, we'll, we'll follow you and we'll, we'll see when you are in South Africa. So there is a new program that I have created online that is really important about helping you have more pleasure, connect with your sexuality, with your sensuality, with your body, heal and clear blockages from the past. And it's about discovering and awaking and finding your own G-spot. So I wrote an article this week that will be up on our page. The link will be there. It's also on the website. And it starts like this. G-spot, oh G-spot, wherefore art thou? I've sought you high, I've sought you low, I've sought you deep, I've sought you shallow. Long have my fingers quested, and even my lover has tested on this endless task. And with frustration I ask, 
G-spot, oh G-spot, wherefore art thou? Yeah, I don't have any. I don't have any, all so, these questions. So, so many women think that they don't have a G-spot, and it's just learning where your G-spot is. How do you wake it up? Because it's there. So much trauma is so, hiding as well. And that's there. it. The trauma, the guilt, the shame, the embarrassment that we've lived with, um, negative sexual experiences, painful sexual experiences, tissue that should be alive and awake and sensitive, is numb or tender or even painful because of all the emotional issues that sit there. So I have developed an online program for you to do this on your own at home. It's not up on our website yet, but if you email me, johnty at eroslife.co.za, the information will come to you on how to get this program, and it will be up on our podcast page as well. Absolutely. So look there for the links and Johnty's email if you need that because it's a must. And we wish you so much pleasure. Bye. This is CliffCentral.com.